Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. I realized I could change the intro by saying, and with me, as always, is... <laughs> Depending on how I feel about you being there. <laughs> That's true. You could do that. It's still the same words, just, uh, yeah, just different moods. Different intonation. Today, it's with me, as always. It's lovingly. It's lovingly <laughs> it is. today. It's lovingly. It's because we're recording during the day and our kids are not in our house. Um, We're on week two of uh, summer break and wow. Yeah, I'm glad they're gone. I think the proper term is parental lockdown. (laughs) What uh, what it is. That we are on parental lockdown? Yep. We're in in jail and the kids are the wardens Mm. and um, we just get told what we're doing and we just make the best of it. How dare we have to watch our kids all day? Every day. I mean. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Whose idea was this? We we do love our kids. We do. We I, we just love them more when we spend less time <laughs> with them. Yeah. No, we do. We miss them when they're not around. But I like having the opportunity to miss them. I'm not going to lie. That's true. Yeah. That is 100% true. Um, but it is nice not to have the rush of the morning. Like, that's the thing. I don't mind waking up necessarily. I don't, I'm not a morning person, so I don't love it. And part of the reason I'm not a morning person is I'm not like, yeah, get up, jump out of bed, put your clothes on, hit the road. I'm like, okay, let's wake up. Let's make like a reconciliation with the fact that we can no longer be sleeping. I mourn the loss of my bed. Um, I'm really sad to see it go. But then I want to, you know, come downstairs, sit around for a bit drink my cup of coffee, have a little breakfast after a while, you know, watch some TV. Like, I like to ease into the day. And during school hours, no, there's no easing in. It's like, get up, get people dressed, eat some breakfast, quit lollygagging, eat your breakfast. Okay, why why aren't you dressed yet? All right, okay, the bus is going to be here soon. What, What do you mean you need that signed? Like, how, why don't you have that ready? Okay, get your book bag. Where's your mask? What What do you mean you don't know where it is? Okay, put some shoes on. No, you can't wear those shoes. You have to wear tennis shoes. I'm sorry. I, I don't know where the other shoe is. Like, it's just nonsense. Like, all morning, right away, as soon as you get up. I just, <laughs> I prefer the slower pace of summer mornings, I have to say. That's true. It is, it is nice, for sure, in that aspect. It's nice. All right. Enough. Enough of my jibber-jabber. I got nothing exciting to say. Um, let's, let's move on to some news where maybe there's more exciting things. All right. So first in news, um, is a Kickstarter game that, oh, what, look at us go. We have played this game. We have. We have. And that game is Booroo. Oh yeah. Good one. Good one. Babe, do you want to talk about Booroo since you actually know this piece of news? I can. I can talk about Booroo. So, um... We did a video. Well, I did the video for Buru. Um, what this is, this is a rondelle game, effectively. It's a bunch of rondelles, or a rondelle. And you're trying to use your workers that have different values, one to five, and you're putting them face down on the board so no one knows the value at each of these different sections to try to have the most influence at these sections to get first dibs at picking the certain actions. So the actions are getting resources. Um, you're trying to recruit islanders. Then you're trying to go to a space where you activate your islanders to get resources, extra points. Then um, you're going to go to the the lake, which is going to let you pay tribute to some altars, and you can give resources to the gods and get some extra points. And if you play some expansions, you may get to travel around on the canoe and get some other resources, an additional worker that gives you an extra number one guy that you can use in the next round. It's a really cool game. Um, it has really nice bits. We have a prototype that we played, but the bits are really nice. The art is gorgeous. The gameplay looks like it's going to be kind of beefy, but it's actually pretty um, accessible. I'd say family weight plus. It's not difficult at all. But yeah, it's a good game. So that's Buru. Three days left, $59. Yeah, and $59. Like, I wanted to check because I'm like, it has a deluxe version. Um, The version, the prototype we played has a lot of, um, like, those nice bits are still included in, in the base version. Like Oh, nice. Um, that's nice. Like, each of the different like gods or whatever who are totems that are kind of over the different areas they have these really chunky really pretty pieces and those are standard 
Are they are they as big? I wonder because man, those are some some huge pieces. I, I think so, and that's they feel really great in your hand. So of course, you know, I was messing around with it instead of you know playing my game, and I, I was really caught up on those pieces, which they honestly didn't really help you that much point wise. No, they do look cool, but yeah, they they really are not as necessary <laughs> as you would hope. Yeah, so I got real involved in those, and I was like, oh man, I want that piece that looks so cool. Uh, which did not help my strategy for the game. I actually would like to play this one again because I think there's a lot. There's some. There's really limited turns, um, so it's kind of a tight, a tighter game. Um, I'm not completely convinced that there's multiple paths to victory. It seems like there could be, but I haven't played it enough to know for sure. But um, yeah, it's really pretty. A kind of cool, like fun worker placement, um, like different thing, like programming almost because you are you pick where your pieces are going to go like bidding and then um which are your workers too but then they fire off in a certain order that certain things can allow other things to happen which i i think that's a, a cool like there's lots of really great mechanics in that so yeah check it out buru three days 59 bucks the next one actually reminds me of another piece of news that we posted on our facebook page about a kind of sequel to parks um or a new game in the parks line, I guess what you could say. So yep. um, this is a different game, different company, not Keymaster. Um, but it is a game about like wildlife that you can find in the national parks in North America. And that is Keystone North America. Um, so this is by some kind of color, Rose or something. Rose Gauntlet. Yeah, Rose, Rose Gauntlet, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I was like, I know. I, I tried to pay attention to that. Rose Gauntlet Entertainment. And so this game, it looks like it's it's one of those that has kind of a nice blend of board game and edu- like education versus entertainment. So you have kind of a habitat in front of you. Well, it's like a blank space. And you are placing habitats on there. You are getting keystone animals to live in those habitats. You're creating ecosystems. You're drawing. Um, and you're, you're doing like research and visiting different um, fields and stuff to find new new species to put in the, the habitats, the areas you have. Um, because there's some like, ma- like goal fulfillment kind of where like you want certain types of habitats in a row or you want like the largest habitat or um like of one type of habitat with different species in it different goals like that when you play competitively but also they have a cooperative mode that is like a story mode where you can i think it's one or two people can play cooperatively and you're working through this field journal so someone going out um going through this field journal, meeting these challenges as you're exploring um, like this area, looking for species, unlocking things, which I think is really cool. They've got those different options for this game. So the replayability seems really high. Um, the artwork isn't like cartoony. It's more like realistic pictures of animals kind of, but some of the animals are really cute. Like I don't even know what this little animal is, but it's adorable. So it's like a mix between, it's like, I don't know what you call that. Kind of realism. Photorealism? Yes, but not super photo-y. <laughs> I'm terrible. Don't hate me, Fred. Um, but the artwork is pretty with all the cute little animals that are on there. Um, in the standard, there's 176 different species cards. Um, and you've got the, all these different objective cards. And you can like grow in skills and you can do research. Um just a lot of neat things with this game. So if you like the parks, if you like the outdoors, you're into animals, this might be one you want to check out. Um, looks very family friendly. So five days left on that Kickstarter, um, 45 bucks. That's Keystone, North America. Yeah, this does look cool. They dropped this on Facebook as like teasers a while back and it, it looks good. Like it kind of reminded me of parks meets like tricking the national parks or something like that yes if those two if those two games had a baby yeah it would be keystone north america yeah i do like the art too it's just really nice like it's i don't think it's as good as parks in my opinion but i do like the art is nice yeah parks is more my style but it it does look nice and little animals are cool um so another game with really what i think is cute artwork and it has minis like, you can get more minis if you... Boo. <laughs> hold on now. Hold on now. The minis are really, like, just cute, souped-up um, player pieces. 
And so this game is maybe a little bit out there for us, but there's got elements that I like. So it's called Robot Quest Arena Deck Building Game. So you have your robots. Um, actually, the creators of Star Realms made this game, and I like Star Realms. So That means it's going to be mean. I'm out. It is mean because you're you're fighting. The, the bots are <laughs> fighting. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. But you're doing that through deck building, which... You, you know, y'all know I freaking love deck building. So there's these different um, robot techs in this world and they have their little robot friends and their robots are real cute. And each robot kind of has a different area that it's from and a different um, like kind of almost like asymmetrical player power. So like one is like light. So it's really easy to jump into battle. Another one is like heavy duty. So it can withstand a lot of damage and um, another one's real fast and, um, you know, there's just different things for each bot, which I think is cool. This is two to four players. It is a battle. Um, so you get your, your five card hand and you can use cards to like get energy for your robot, to get cool effects on your robot, to like upgrade them, um, or to attack other bots. So it's not just a strictly like, yeah, let me just go hammer somebody else. But it reminds me of Hero Realms with the robot theme where I'm trying to help out my robot. And then, and the other thing though, a nice about this is if your robot loses all its health, it responds at full health on its next turn. So you, you're never like out, out. That's cool. That that's a little bit nicer. So the the you're you're really collecting points. It's not about like beating everybody up and being the last one standing. Gotcha. But you are beating them up in order to get points for it. But nobody's ever out, which I think is really great. So the base game, just like the basic edition, comes with these pre-painted minis. They look cute. I bet they would be really fun to play with. I would just like make them bop around and zoom around. Um, there's this one little cute pink one that I think is adorable. And they're just cute. But so if you like deck building and also, you know, some battle, but yet not too mean, you might want to check this one out. Robot Quest Arena Deck Building Game. There's six days left in that Kickstarter. And even with those four fat robot minis, it's $49 for the base pledge. Does it have a board? Uh, yes, I think so. Oh, it, it reminds me of the game. Like we got a game a while back called Carthage. It was a like a there was a hex map and you're basically doing deck building but you're getting like kicks and punches and blocks and you're trying to knock your other opponent down to zero but you're also building a deck so that's kind of what I was thinking of when you were talking about this game so that's why I was wondering if it yes had a board. it does have a board hmm. interesting so I don't know if you have to be in a certain proximity to maybe attack the other robots or I I don't, I don't know about all that but. And then, oh, you can put game tiles out. So, yeah, there's a lot of different stuff going on hmm. in it. Interesting. And there's some expansions where you can, like, buy different bots and you get more minis. But I let that one be. Well, I mean, of course there's expansions because it is 2021 and it's Kickstarter. But, yes. Right. All right. So, my last one is another type of game that we don't ever talk about. But I actually really like. And nobody wants to play it with me. And nobody likes them. It's a trivia game. And I love trivia. So this last game is called Dated. Trivia for people that suck at trivia. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, I thought the name was funny. I don't know if this is going to get backed or not fully funded. I don't think so. Um, but it was developed in Wauseon, Ohio. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I think that that's that's pretty cool. So it's about, there's no like obscure references or anything involved. It is simply like telling you a thing. Okay, so what Dated is, is actually it grew out of um, like some people just hanging out, talking and drinking. And they're like, hey, I can't remember, what year did my favorite movie come out? And it happened to be Fast and the Furious. And so everyone was like, oh, yeah, well, what, what year did that come out? And this reminds me of a game that I like to play with myself called Am I Still Smarter Than Google? Uh, where I'm like, oh, yeah, who was in that movie? Or when did that come out? So this is based on the date. It's called Dated. Get it? Um, so there are cards that list a thing. And the cool thing I think about this game is that they have them arranged in categories. So if you're playing with people and maybe they don't know music, the music ones all have this music note on it and they're all the same color. So you could just take those cards out 
Or if you have a lot of people who are pop culture buffs, you could play the song, the music, the TV and the movie cards, all those categories together and leave out like the invention cards. And I don't know what all the categories are. Good job, Katie, doing the research. But the idea is that you one person reads a card. Everyone's trying to guess the actual release date of that thing. The person who comes closest to the actual release date wins the card. The person that gets 10 cards first wins the game. So yes. Sounds like wits and wagers a little bit. Yes, exactly. Except you can't jump on somebody else's. Um, but it's a deck of 500 cards. So it's it's just a lot of like, okay, do I really know when that thing was released? Um, but I like that you can kind of sort it by category. So if someone really isn't good at a category or hates a certain category, you don't have to be using that particular deck. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I love trivia. So this is an easier way for people to say, oh, yeah, I can remember when those movies came out. I know when those songs came out. You know, um, I I like that idea. Yes, you could do this yourself and just take note cards and write down stuff and then Google the year it was. Sure, you could. But someone's already done it. It looks nice. Um, It's got the categories on it. Why not? So if that kind of trivia interests you, um, dated trivia for people who suck at trivia. Has six days left on Kickstarter, and it's 25 bucks. Not interesting to me, but I can see people that would like it. So, yeah, that sounds cool. I just want more people to play trivia games with me. So I feel like if I could find a trivia game that brings in more people, then I want to do it. Yeah, I mean, this one sounds... Uh, Wits and Wagers is probably that game. We just don't have that game. Yeah, you're right. But Wits and Wagers, like, it's trivia that I will probably never really know the answers to. Oh, that's true. That's true. I like the actual, like, the attainable answers. Yeah, that's I guess Wits and Wagers kind of is guessing and <laughs> seeing what happens. Like, I don't know off the top of my head how many gallons of milk a cow produces over its lifetime. Like, I don't know if there's any way for me to accurately know that. Um, yeah, that's But true. I know that The Fast and the Furious, the first movie, came out in 2001. You know. True. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. The movie Eight Mile came out in 2002. I just talked about that with some other people today. I love trivia. Okay, that's all I got for Kickstarter news. All right, moving on. All right, so let's talk about some games that we played. So we played some different games um, than we normally play, but we did play all these together. So let's go ahead and jump on in. So the first game we played is an abstract game because, you know, we love the abstract games here. Oh, Um, absolutely. (laughs) But this is one that has a lot of color and it looks really nice on the table, and it's called Mandala Stones. Uh, This is from Board and Dice, and effectively what you're doing in this is you are trying to collect different colored stones. There's four different colors, I think, and you're trying to move this little artist guy around that has a pattern on top, and you're going to put it next to these stones that are out on this board, and you're going to get to take all the stones that match that pattern as long as they're not next to another artist of any type. Then you're going to put them on your board, and you're going to score at a certain point based on the way that the different stacks of stones score. Or you can just discard a a stone off the top of each stack and get one point apiece. All you're trying to do is you're trying to end the game with the most points. And uh, you have an in-game goal card, which is going to give you a certain number of points based on certain colors of stones, a different type of pattern, having the most of something, having no stones on your board or one stone on your board. Just another thing to think about when you're playing the game. So it's a pretty simple game. It takes a minute to understand the scoring because it's a, a little odd for what the game is, but I, I enjoy it. It plays quickly, and it, it's really nice to play with those those stones. They look really nice on the table. So what did you think of your first play of Mandala Stones? I actually liked it, like, and it really surprised me, because I am not a fan of abstract games. This one had a really great look to it, um, but I also really liked the way that... Um, you're kind of limited in the actions you could take. So you really have to think long-term as well as right now. Like if you're looking for something particular, um, I I don't know that I made the best. Didn't you win? I I did. I did win by like a lot kind of, um, here comes the hump, the humble brag. (laughs) I don't, I don't know what I, I don't know what I was doing. I I think I was playing. Okay. I just happened to win, but yeah, I, you know, I knew what I was doing. I just felt like I could like when you're, you're putting stacks of these colored stones together. I didn't have, I don't think as good a foresight to say, okay, if I stack them in this way, 
I can like hit the, these point scorings, you know, multiple times in a row and, and really do some unique things there. Um, I think I could have done it better, but I think I did it well anyway. Yeah, and getting it to work like that where you can fire off multiple stacks multiple different times, that's tough. Like, that, that's going to be a little bit tricky. Right, right. But I, I do like that kind of thought process. It's like, okay, well, I really want these right now. Okay, is that going to set me up for later? Or am I just not going to worry about that later? Like, what's the best scoring option? And then you've got these end-of-game goals. Like, so I can't completely lose sight of that, but... Um, I can kind of let that go for a while, except some of these stones hang around for a long time. Um, I, I think there's a lot of really cool stuff here. I, I actually really enjoyed it, and I'm so surprised. Yeah, as far as abstract games go, this is I mean, it, it's got some decent strategy involved in it, just on what where you're putting the stacks of stones and just where you're moving that stupid artist so you can get the stones that you need. There's a, a lot of thinking in there, and you can get a little AP, too, when you're looking at the board trying to collect the stones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I have that problem, for sure. All right, so after we played that, uh, we moved on to a game from AEG called Sheepy Time. Sheepy Time. <laughs> I need some Sheepy Time right now. <laughs> so this is a uh, it's a pusher luck game where you're trying to take these sheep and get them to jump over the fence before your person wakes up from a nightmare. And you're doing that through playing some cards that are going to let you move certain spaces. And when you land on a space, if there's a... A sleep tile, you can, if you have one of your little tokens on it, you can take the, the advantage of that action space. Um, if you hit the, if the nightmare catches up to you too many times, you'll wake up and it causes you to lose all your points for the round and it doesn't move your pillow up as far because the way you win the game is kind of like the Rajas of the Ganji style where your pillow is going to move closer to zero and you're trying to get your sleepy wink marker to move forward to cross your pillow. The person who can cross the pillow the fir- first, or if there's multiple people, the farthest wins the game. So you're just trying to score the most points each round so your pillow moves up the farthest and just cross your pillow. Uh, we played three rounds. We played the first round wrong. We played the second round wrong. <laughs> all on me. But the third round, we finally played it right. And then, you know. It was over. I, yeah, it was over. And I won, which felt good. So um, what did you think about Sheepy Time? on the round that we played it correctly. I didn't like it at all. I, I wanted to like it um, because I think the artwork is cute. Uh, the components were were fun. There's a lot of like winks, haha, to um, these like sleeping puns. That's great. I did not like the gameplay. I felt like the push your luck was so minimal. You were just like, for the most part, you're like, I'm just trying to get across. Um, maybe it's cause we need to play it more. I don't know. I was just not into it. Like it's okay, but I definitely am not super interested in it. Yeah. I think as far as push your luck games go, it's not my favorite by any means, just cause I don't, I don't it's a slow push your luck where you're only playing the one card at a time. So it's not as tense as like, uh, pulling chits out of a bag and quacks or rolling some dice and trying not to bust, but uh, it's fine. I don't, I don't hate it. I think you probably would have liked it better had I, played the first and second round correctly but you know that's neither here nor there now but yeah i mean i guess i i could be convinced to give it another go but only one more time (laughs) um the last game we played is a game we do like and it's called illamat um i think this is the first time we've ever actually played it at four players i don't know if you have but i'd never played it at four players before and uh what this game is is it's a really bizarre I don't know, effectively a trick-taking game, kind of. Trick-taking means, like, rummy, I guess? I don't know, it's weird. On your turn, you're either going to sow a card into a field. There's four different fields. You're going to stockpile, which means you're going to add up some of the cards in the field to equal a card in your hand. Or you're going to harvest. Uh, and harvest means you take a card from your hand, it matches a card in the field, or a stockpile in the field, and you pick all those cards up. Each field has some kind of limiting factor. So in, uh, I can't remember the seasons, but in winter, I know you can't harvest. Spring, you can't stockpile. You can, yeah, Autumn, you right. can't sow. And summer, you can and do summer, whatever. you can do whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's some restrictions on what happens in each field. And if you ever clear a field, there's these cards in the corner called a luminary, which will reve- they'll flip over. They look like little tarot cards. And they're going to give like the field a special ability from that point on until it's cleared again and the card goes away. So what, the goal of the game is to try to get the most cards each round, um, try to get the most summer cards, which is a suit of cards for a couple points, try to get the fewest winter cards, 
and then try to get these tokens for clearing a field and the illuminaries and basically the ace of of the the cards in your hand to score points and you're trying to be the first point player to get the 17 so there's a video for this on youtube if you want to check that out because it's weird you can go look at it if you want so playing illamat at four players what did you think about that? I've played it at four players before, actually. Oh, I have not. So, I yeah, I enjoyed it because it throws that um, wild suit in there, which is a little bit of more interesting randomness. Yeah, I, I really like this game. And I've played it many times. Many times. Um, it has almost like trick-taking. It also has set collection. It just, it's just so, so interesting. The artwork is strange. But it's so fun. And I still, every time I play it, I feel like I get better at it. Because I still don't quite understand stockpiling very well. And I feel like if you're good at that, you can really like get a lot of cards and do a good thing with your cards. Um, but I, I'm still figuring that out many, many times later. Um, but there's something so compelling about it. And even though it's it's strange, people do tend to pick it up pretty quickly because it has a lot of similarities to other types of card games. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've played it at two a lot three not as many times but this is the first at four and yeah it doesn't matter the player count it plays excellent at every player count this is just a good game if you like card games this is a good game yeah interestingly enough when you talk about illamat illamat is was actually originated by a band called the decemberist which i don't know anything about the connection i don't get that at all but yeah, me neither. It's weird. But I do know the band was impetus behind this card game, which leads us to our feature today. Look at that transition. Good job. Our feature for this podcast, since Jason and I love music, um, I have been singing, uh, been a part of bands, uh, musicals, choir, all kinds of things my whole life. And Jason has played in many bands, currently is playing in one. Um, we love music. And so consequently, we like games that have musical ties and themes. So we're trying to find our favorite games based on bands like Illamat or just the concept of music in general. So, Jace, I will let you start. All right. So my first one is actually going to be two games, but it's effectively the first edition and a re-implementation which streamlines it. And it is called Thrash and Roll or Thrashing Dice. And I apologize now, both of these games are going to be really hard to find. So if you want to find this game, good luck. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I do have an, one of these copies I would could get rid of should someone be interested. So if you really, really want it, talk to me after this. Um... So Thrash and Roll is effectively a dice placement game. So you're rolling the dice, and you're going to be going to these different areas of the board. You're going to be a band. So you have a band, and you're trying to go to the recording studio to record a single. You're going to go to the radio station to promote the single. Then you're going to record an album. You go to the radio station to promote the album. You're going to go to the local venue to play some shows. You're going to go to the music um, store to take some lessons and get better equipment. And once you get to a certain experience level or notoriety or fame, whatever, then you're going to be able to go on tour with the most famous band in Poland, Turbo, which is like a thrash metal band. Everybody in Thrash and Roll is some thrash metal band from Poland. I don't know who they are, but Turbo's the one in Thrash and Roll, and you go out on tour with them, you get a pile of points for how high your album is, just score a ton of points and just have a good time. And it's, it plays over, I think, four or five rounds, and you're just trying to score the most points. Um, it's a great theme. It's a really good game. The rules in Thrash and Roll are a little terrible so getting through them and the iconography is just everywhere there's so much iconography getting through that is tricky but once you get that down and you understand all that it's a really fun game and i enjoy it quite a bit so that's thrash and roll or thrashing dice is my first one yeah this game is really good um and it's actually deceptively difficult it reminds me in some ways of a VTOL game. Okay, not quite as hard. But the fact you're like, okay, oh yeah, I want to get more famous. How do I get more famous? Okay, I need to go record a single. Okay, how do I, or I need to get my single in the charts. Okay, how do I do that? Okay, I got to go to the recording studio. Okay, like there are lots of different things that play on each other when you're taking your turns. And then plus you've got these dice that kind of dictate where you can go and how much that, um, that action really affects you or helps you out. It's good. 
it's really good. Um, yeah, and and one one thing I didn't mention is you place the dice in like uh, runs or like two or three of a kind. So you always have to place dice based in that kind of pattern, which makes it a little trickier as well. Oh yeah, good 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 game. Um, my first one needs no introduction, and I can't believe I, I would say this is probably my favorite music based band based game, which is crazy because. I don't really like this band. Yes, you do. You say you don't, but you love it. You I do it. not. Whatever. You were just pumping them a couple minutes ago. I heard you. <laughs> yes. That, that was hocus pocus that you heard. <laughs> anyway, um, my first pick is Into the Echo Side, the ICP deck building game. Um, several of you in the Riveted have played it. If you haven't and you like deck building, you need this game. Also, good luck finding it. Um, sometimes it's on the store, and I forget what the name of the store is. Psychopathic, Psychopathic. Yeah. Merchandise. Yeah, great. Um, sometimes it's there. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you can find it secondhand or something. Um, but, you know, those clowns will really hold on to this stuff. Again, man, if I could get the expansion, I would be willing to do a lot of shady stuff for it. So because this it, the game is so good. It's deck building. Um, I don't I you always use Ascension and Dominion style. I don't ever pay. T- it, it's Ascension because you have that always changing center cards, center row of cards. OK, that's how Ascension. Sure. Goes. I don't know. Both Ascension and Dominion suck as deck builders as far as I'm concerned. So I don't use them as a standard anymore. But you've got this market where you again are improving your deck as in any deck builder but the synergy between the cards is awesome you've got these um crews that are you know based on color and each if you have three of the same crew as you're playing out your hand they're going to give you um like a bonus ability you can get cards that allow you to roll the wheel of fate which gives you extra abilities can give you more cards can give you other stuff you can get flavor cards which give you more stuff um they're kind of like temporary like immediate actions um and you're just amassing this buying ability in order to be able to buy these um why can't i remember epic epic, yes. epic cards epic cards that tend to be like you know members of ICP or, you know, other related bands. Dark Lotus or Twisted. Yeah. Shaggy. <laughs> um, Violent, Violent J. J. Monoxide. What? Somebody. Monoxide. Somebody. Monoxide Child. I'm working on it. <laughs> Jamie Madrox. Jamie Madrox. Yeah. So those are like the epic cards, which give you the bigger points. And they also signal the end of the game. Um, even if you're not into ICP, I am not down with the clown. But... Um, it is such a good deck builder, despite being based on what is not my favorite music. Yeah. And honestly, every person I've ever played this with has enjoyed this game. This in spite of the theme, like, yes, I know the theme's not for everybody. I like it because, you know, me and ICP go way back, but, um, the game is really good. As far as deck builders go, this one's up there. It's it's a good one. Now, to be fair, we have played this game with some serious juggalos, so of course they like it, but... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> us regular people, you can also really enjoy this game. Right. All right, so moving on from Polish metal or and uh, horror rap of ICP, wow. we're going to drop it back to old school classic, classical composers. <laughs> and the next game on my list is Symphony Number no. 9. So this is not about a specific band, but it's about putting on concerts with using the music of famous composers. So Mozart, Beethoven, Wagner, I think Bach is in the game. There's like nine of them. That's uh, all I'm going to list because that's all that I know. <laughs> Bach. Uh, so what you're doing in this, it's effectively an auction game. And you're trying to auction to get these works, the, the to get music from the different uh, composers to put them into the concert at the end of the round. And basically what that boils down to is you're trying to have the majority of a certain color of cube, which represents the composer. So when it goes to the concert, you're going to do some blind bidding, and based on the amount of money that's bid, 
it's going to determine which cube scores how much points. And you're just trying to score the most points with your pieces of music. It sounds super convoluted. It's a very abstract theme, but it does have a music theme. And if you like bidding and auction games, and games that actually have really nice production, this is one you should check out. Again, if you can find it, I don't know how available this is in America because it's from... Um, it's an, an Asian game, an Asian company called Mo, Moa, Moa Ideas. So I'm not sure how readily available this is in America. So if this sounds interesting and you can find it and you like bidding games, definitely check it out. Yeah, we're really batting a thousand with games that are actually available to people. <laughs> the, the last couple might be available. But my, my <laughs> issue is there are not enough games with this particular theme and so the ones that do exist are obscure and they need to they're they it needs to it needs to go bigger we need more yeah i agree with you, hear, you, 100%. you hear me publishers we need more there's actually actually several i saw when i was like doing my cheat googling of hey bgg what are games with um music themes and i'm like hey i haven't played that Ooh, that either oh that sounds good i'm like dang it there's way many. There's way more games that I haven't played about this theme than the ones that I have. Yeah, that's probably true too. But we'll get there. Um, so my next game is a weird mix between mythology and rock, and it's called The Lords of Rock. And so in this game, you are creating your own band from like the pantheons of gods you can choose. There's Greek and Roman mythology and Egyptian and I think Norse as well. I'm not sure I'll Yeah, I I think so, yeah. Not sure all of the ones, but those are some of the basic ones. Um so you've got these like concert at the concerts at these different venues and each venue has different difficulty um from the types of skills that you need from the people that are in your band and so you're getting points um depending on what kind of skills you can bring. Um, there's also cards that you can help boost your band or cards that can hurt someone else's band. Like they can, I think, break a string or something. or Yeah, forget the music or something like that, yeah. Yeah, and so then you kind of play through your set list and gain points based on how well it goes. Um, I, have, I don't know how easy this one is. I think you can get this one. There's some of the... Uh, yeah, we backed it on... This was our first Kickstarter ever. So outside of that, I have no idea how you get this game. I think there's some in the geek market. Um, and then you've got these like songs that go in your... like You develop a playlist plus your people who play. Um, you can add roadies to help you out and stuff. Uh, it's not... I wouldn't say it's a perfect game. There are definitely other ones that are probably do the same thing better. But the fact that this one is music themed and you're like looking for those kind of like perfect sets and they've got like hilarious puns as far as um, like song titles and stuff, which I also really enjoy. So um, it, it's still like a fun, kooky little card game. So that's Lords of Rock. Yeah, I like this one. We played it a little bit when we first got it and I haven't played it for a long time just because it's, it's a take that game kind of at its heart and i don't love those as much but yeah this one i'll never get rid of it because it's our first kickstarter ever and it has a cool music theme so yeah that's a good pick thank you all right so the my last one before we before katie talks about her last one is a game that's not directly based on a band or really putting on a performance it's basically about collecting records and it's called vinyl so this is a, a set collection worker placement game where you're trying to go around to the record store to get different types of records so you can have the best collection to score some points. You're trying to get vintage records. You're trying to get records from the 60s, 70s, 80s, smooth jazz, different kinds of styles, and just scoring more points than your opponent. It's a really easy game. You're either going to go... Uh, it's kind of plays... The card plays a little like Ticket to Ride. You're going to have to turn in cards that match symbols on the records that you want to collect them. And then um, once you get so many records next to your player board in a collection you can retire them and that's how you're going to score the points for them so it's an easy game there's a bunch of different expansions there's a two-player version called jukebox um whatever flavor you would like metal 80s british doesn't really matter whatever flavor you would like you can get for this if you want that it's just all parody bands so you know they're riffing on metallica and judas priest and all that kind of thing 
And if you like set collection and worker placement, this is definitely a game you should check out. And that is Vinyl. Yeah, I do like this game. And for being a fairly simple, like, worker placement set collection game, um, it can be kind of hard. I'm like, oh, crap. Like, do I want, what's going to give me the most points? Like, do I want to mix genres? Do I want to keep it pure? Like, can I stinking get, you know, a 70s album that is certified fresh and is country? I mean, like... There, there is a lot to think about in this game, and it's got some cool components. And, of course, the parodies of songs and artists and stuff I, I truly love. So, yeah, good pick, babe. I'm full of good picks. Yeah, I'm sure. Guitar picks. <laughs> I have, three, I have three, good, three good picks here. Did you hear what I said? The guitar picks. <laughs> yeah, I ignored it. I ignored it. <laughs> no, let me say it again. I said guitar picks. <laughs> <laughs> like the ones that you leave in your pocket and I pull out of the washer all the time. And edit it out. <laughs> My last one is about going on tour with either your rock band, your jazz band, your country band, or your hip hop band. And that is on tour. Um, this is by uh, Board Gaming Tables. Board Game Tables. Yep, which, which is weird. But yeah. Which is weird. Um, but it's a roll and write. And it's it's one of my favorite roll and writes. I played this a lot, and um, pretty much everyone I'm introduced it to loves it. My accountant sister really likes this game, which I find hilarious. Um, so you are rolling dice. You are using both the number that comes up and the reverse of it, so like thirty five and fifty three. You are putting those numbers out on your map in different cities, in the different regions that are turned over on the set of cards. And you are trying to arrange the numbers you get in a chain. So you can drive your tour from high to low. So your tour bus is going to follow your routes. The numbers have to either stay the same or increase in number. And so you're trying to hit as many cities as you can because, yeah, you want to rig your band all across America. You want the biggest tour. Now, it can get freaking tricky because you're like, oh, man, I need this 35, but it can go right between here because I need to somehow get from Illinois to Kentucky. But I keep rolling other numbers and like, where am I going to put them? And I can't make it up to Seattle. Crap. It's got some really tight decisions, but the simplest, you know, turn taking ever. You turn off the cards, you roll the dice, you write down the two numbers. Like, that's it. But who? You are beating your brain sometimes trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to take? It almost has a push or luck element. Like, all right, I'm going to put this number here because I don't think I'm going to get anything closer. And the next roll is closer. And you're like, dang it. Or you never get that number because you're like, oh, surely I can get some number in the 40s to connect these. You might not. It's great. Um, that music theme, the idea of taking your band on tour. It's maybe a little pasted on, but I also love that part of the roll and write in the dry erase section is you get to name your band. So I always name my band um, something ridiculous because it's real fun. Um, but it's just it's just a good roll and write game. So my last one is on tour. Yeah, this as far as roll and writes go, this this is probably one of the best ones, man. It is it is hard. Burns your brain. But when you're done and you get that route where you score like, I don't know, in my case, like 12 points, <laughs> you feel pretty good. Yeah. You're not so great. The last couple times, you've definitely played better. The last couple times, I think I might have broken 30, which is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you still didn't beat me, but I'm like a master at this game. Just let me have my 30 points and celebrate. Good job. Good job, honey, with that 30 points. I'm proud of you. Pat me on the back. Look at you go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not good at this, but it's a great game. It is. You want to take our honorable mentions? Yep. All right, so we have a couple honorable mentions that we just have in our collection, actually. And we kind of just pulled from games that we own for this because, again, we don't know a lot of them. If we don't have them or other people don't have them, we haven't played them. So the first honorable mention, which I almost put on my list, is Guar vs. Time. Another deck-building game. Um, It's similar to ICP, but it's a cooperative game, kind of. And you're trying to defeat all the baddies before... You run out of time, and you're the Banguar fighting demons and monsters and just crazy Guar things. <laughs> um, it, it's an okay game. It's not as good as ICP, just because it's more complicated, and it can be a little convoluted too. But still a good game if you could find it and you like interesting deck builders or you love Guar. Definitely a must buy. Uh, yeah, I've only met like one person that loves Guar, and I was really concerned for them. <laughs> Most people don't love Guar. Most people know who Guar is, though. So there true, is that. True. Uh, the next game is actually a game that we have that we haven't played yet. 
but it meets it meets the theme. And I think the reason we haven't played it because you need to have a higher player count just because there's like hidden roles and stuff. And it's called Zero One One. Um, this is a game based on the Finnish metal band Therian. I think they're Finnish. That's where all the good metal comes from, so I'm assuming. <laughs> um, and what you're trying to do is you're trying to um, play the magical piano with the doomsday music before the wolf comes and eats everybody. It's a weird thing. The organ of but, eternity. Get it right. Oh, yeah. Organ of eternity. But it's based around the band, and it's all music-related. Like, you're gathering pieces of music. You're looking for this organ, and then you're trying to figure out who everybody is and play the organ. It's a really cool theme. I can't wait to play it. I'm excited to play it. We just haven't played it yet. So, zero one one. Yeah, it has to do with like Fenrir and like Ragnarok. Like it's got that kind of Norse mythology rated to it. Um, and we randomly found this at like the Ohio Renaissance Festival. <laughs> um, we didn't buy it there, but that's where we saw it. Yes. Yeah, and I thought that sounds kind of cool and kind of crazy. And I would like to play it because there's mythology and deduction and lots of different things happening in it. Um, do you know how to play this one? Yeah, I, I did a, a solo playthrough. It, it's not that hard. You just have to have more people because the hidden roles makes it really tough. Okay. Otherwise. I was trying to find like the band where they were from, but I didn't see it. I, it it's Finland or Sweden. It's one of those places over there. I I think it's Finland. I I'm like 75% sure. I, but. I just can't find it. And then I was like, oh, well, let me go to this um, band's name is Therian, right? Y- yep, Therian. An Adventure with Therian is what the subtitle is. They're Swedish. A Swedish symphonic metal band. Ah. See, I said Nordic, so I was close. but Yeah, yep. All right, so the next game is a game from Japanime, and um, it has girly art, <laughs> and it's called Starlight Stage. And this is just a little set collection card game where basically you're taking on the role of like a a talent manager and you're trying to recruit to your team, basically means take the cards and score points, these future pop stars. So you're trying to get these pop stars, you're trying to level them up into even bigger pop stars and just score the most points. I haven't played it for a while. Um, I think there's a little bit more to it than that, but that's the theme of it is you're trying to make your singers the best singers in the yeah, world. Yeah, you're like so, running an agency. So it very much speaks to like the J-pop, K-pop kind of farm system they have. Right, yeah. Yeah, it feels like that a lot, actually. Uh, the next the next game, I don't think you've played. I haven't played Starlight Stage either. Oh, okay. I thought you did play that one. I might have played it with Brandon, I think. Yeah, it wasn't me. <sighs> so the next game is called Gods of Metal, The Chosen. Now, I don't think this is a game that's actually ever been released. We did a Kickstarter video like a year ago. And I think it was just on Kickstarter sometime this year. I don't think it funded, so it may never come around. But it meets the theme. And what you're doing in this is it's a deck building game. You are using your starting cards to recruit different types of band members. So you need singers, guitar players, bass players, and drummers. And you're trying to play the perfect song, which is these other cards that you're trying to complete, to defend the demons from hell from coming in and taking over the world. So you're getting these musicians that are going to, be uh, they're going to have some kind of tokens that come along with them and then you're going to be spending those tokens to play the music of these cards that you're finding in this deck to defeat the demons and once you defeat so many demons you win and if too many demons come out you lose uh, it's a cooperative game but it's it's kind of clunky it, it's not the greatest but it does have a cool theme i like the theme quite a bit and so i had to make it on the honorable mentions yeah i don't remember you doing this <laughs> i don't know where i was it was a it was a long time ago. Like this game is nowhere. It, it just finally hit Kickstarter and then just fell off the face of the earth. I don't know. It's a cool theme, and I wish it would come out because I would like to have an actual copy of it. And the last one I have played is a game. You have played this one, and it's from Weird Giraffe, I believe, and it's called Big Easy Busking. And this is a game where you're taking on a busking group. I'm not sure what they are, bands or groups, but those are the people that play it like outside of places, right? Mm-hmm. Street performers. And you're, oh, yeah, street performers, yep. And you're trying to go to these different locations and put on performances to score the most points. It's like an area control game, effectively, because you're trying to have more of your colored cubes on these locations more than everybody else. But your musicians get tired, so you have to end up getting them, getting performance tokens back so they can actually go and play again, which is pretty interesting. So... Yeah, that's big easy busking. Yeah, I, I don't know if we had a prototype or what because I the production value wasn't great. 
But the gameplay I thought was pretty cool. Like, I think it, they were really onto something. And the idea, like, you don't see many, like, New Orleans-themed, like, street performer-type-themed games. So I thought that was also really cool. That's true. That is a different theme for sure. <laughs> so, yes, we clearly have a few games about music, but there are more out there. I know there are. Or if you're a publisher or a game designer, make one, please. I'm begging you. I'll buy it, obviously. So please tell us, what are games about music, about bands that you have played, that we need to play? Because we love those kind of games. Tell us on our Facebook page. Um, if you're not part of our Facebook group, hashtag The Riveted, send us a request. We would love to have you. Um, it's real easy. We let anybody in. Hopefully not robots, but we let anybody in. Um because we just like talking with people about games. So tell us there what your favorite music band games are or um, hit us up at Instagram. Show us a picture of your favorite band or music theme game or the Twitters, which I don't understand. But those of you who are tech savvy, go for it. I would love to see you tweet some stuff to us. Um, also, several of these games we do have videos for up on our YouTube channel, so make sure you go check that out, like, subscribe, um, click on the little bell so you get notifications when we get new stuff, because we do try to put up new stuff. Yeah, and check out our friends over at the Board Game Rundown. Um, this week, there may be a familiar face on that one, if you're watching, if you're listening to this the week that it comes out. Hey! Um, yeah, we're not going to give you any more spoilers, but you might recognize somebody. <laughs> Um, or not recognize me. Close your eyes if you listen to the podcast and you don't know what I look like. <laughs> that, that, that's true, I, I guess. I mean, that person looks like. <laughs> yeah, spoiler, come on. Whoops. But yeah, the board game rundowns, uh, they're not pretty okay, but they're okay. Um, they have a video series where they talk about games, all 10 games. They're, they're good dudes, and you can check out their channel and show them some support. I'm sure they would appreciate it. Yeah, fellow uh, Juggalo there, Bob. Yeah, he he's pretty far down that juggle. He's legit. He really is. I mean, I bet he's got a secret hatchet man tattoo. I I would bet money on that. <laughs> you should bring that up when, when <laughs> or that person, the person that goes on the show, should bring that up. I'm probably not going to. I'm just there to like heckle Dan. That's the whole reason for me being on the show. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. All right, so yes, definitely contact us. Tell us what you like. Keep us. Um, updated on the news, what you're seeing out there. And yeah, definitely send us your music and band-related games. I think that's it. Yep, I got nothing. Mm, all right, me either. Well, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Bob's gonna have like a, a clown themed wedding. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be disturbing? I'm gonna ask him like, Bob, are you gonna have Fago at your wedding? I'm just checking. <laughs> I bet he does. 100. I bet he does. <laughs>